Hi, my name is Megan, and I'm a trans woman. And I'm Nate, assigned male at birth and living a male life. We're going to have a conversation about what it means to live an authentic life. If you're trans, think you might be trans, or know trans people but aren't one yourself, we have something interesting to talk about. Our goal is to normalize talking about the human experience. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Transversation. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Nate. And we are delighted to be joined once again by our special guest, Bodil. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Today, I understand, Megan, you have some things to say about intersex. Yes. So we're going to be a little bit more of an academic twist on this than we usually do. But yeah, we're going to be talking about intersex today. And that's where one car's going in one direction, car's going in the other direction. (laughs) That would be intersection. Right, right. That's why I thought, oh, no. Uh, No, we're going to be talking about intersex folks. Okay. And what is intersex folks? So what intersex is, it's kind of an umbrella term. It's a broad label. As we all know, every single human is different. Okay. Broadly, what this is, is they are humans who have characteristics where their sex, and as we remember, sex being different than gender. What's the difference again? Gender is how you feel. Sex would be your physical existence. Okay. So they have something about them that makes it difficult for anyone to categorize their sex in the binary of male or female. So we're talking at this point, completely irrelevant to mental and emotional. This is physical representation of sex is not a traditional representation of binary sex. Correct. Okay. In the past, they would basically, when a baby is born, the doctor would make an assessment and then just arbitrarily decide, well, this baby looks Pretty close to a male. We're just going to go ahead and mark it as male. And then would they do what they would call what corrective surgery at Uh, birth? Yes. And that's actually one of the controversial things around intersex, because up until fairly recently, and still the case in a number of states, the doctors would perform that surgery without the consent of the parents. They just did it. Wow. And like most of the time, parents weren't even aware of it. Okay. They just decided, uh, well, this infant is female, so we're going to surgically alter them without any oversight at all. Okay. That makes a sense. We've had a long history of medical values that were not necessarily the same as they are today. So that's how it was for the bulk of it. Is that still common practice today? Yes. There are a couple states that don't allow that. They require parental consent. And I think that is really where my biggest issue with it is. Obviously, in an ideal world, you would wait until the infant is old enough to make that own decision for themselves. I still don't feel qualified to make that decision for myself. It's not the perfect answer. I just think it's the best answer for it. But it also doesn't necessarily fall into their physical body as far as like their genitalia. It can also be their genetic makeup. So some of the more prominent things are where the person would have excess chromosomes, either multiple X chromosomes, so three or more. That one actually has a term called Turner syndrome. And then there's the equivalent for male folks is the Kleinfelters, which is multiple X chromosomes and a Y at the end. This must be extremely rare. How many people are affected by this? So according to statistics, we're looking at in the United States, because we don't have data worldwide, unfortunately, but really it is approximately 2,000 people every year. 2,000 people a year? A year are born 
who are some degree of intersex. And that's not even necessarily talking about, you know, what I was just talking about where, you know, it's the chromosomal difference. Right. Because those tend to take longer for to show up. To show up. Of course, nowadays you can do genetic screenings and stuff of your infants, but in the past it was a lot less common. So you don't really see those things until you start hitting. Well, that's an interesting question that even to parents is say you have an infant, somebody who was born three hours ago. How do you tell if the person is more masculine or feminine? It's not like you can hand them a Barbie doll and a Tonka truck and say, hey, you know, what do you like? Well, that's because gender is a social construct. So there we go. The ideal answer is to leave them with both or neither. Are there people born with neither? Yes, Mm -hmm. very rarely, but yes. So if you then end up with both, then the utopian answer would be that they would grow up that way until they made a decision or lived with both indefinitely. And they would be, of course, accepted by their peers as though they were not different at all. I mean, it only matters if you're going to have adult fun time. (laughs) Right. Which you will. And that's like double the adult fun time. Yeah. I mean, you just have, you know, more things that you get to uh, experience. So the downside then comes just socially, realistically. Absolutely. Which locker room do you use? Which bathroom do you use? Which whatever else when you're not having adult fun time and you're just trying to be a kid? Yeah. How do you find a bathing suit that fits? So, I mean, if you're living as a girl, it would be quite awkward to put on your one or two piece suit and have some extra equipment. It certainly could because that would show, you know, it would require some different outfit choices perhaps, but really what we're looking for is just people can just be people. So the next thing you're going to tell me that these seem like natural genetic mutations. It's a mismatch of extra chromosomes or a lack of chromosomes overall. Yeah, or, you know, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. I don't, you know, I I just play one on the radio. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The next thing you're going to tell me about this is that this happened before the 1970s when gay people were invented. Oh, yes. This has been (laughs) happening since Homo sapiens have existed. Since genetics and probably before then, I would guess that these things also would show up then in animals, which predate Homo sapiens by a considerable period. If you're one of those evolution believers. Oh, yes. One of those. So assuming (laughs) you believe in evolution and things like DNA, this has been going on far longer than the 1970s. Oh, absolutely. And people have then been living with this for, well, all of human history. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I really want to talk about is bringing it back to my trans experience. One of the things that people who don't like trans people like to talk about is, well, you can only be a boy or a girl or male or female or, you know, or whatever, man or woman, and you can't change that. You can't be whatever. Well, intersex is a great example that you can be. Right. It's not one or the other. There's the wide spectrum. That's what they do. That's what transphobes do. They just, (laughs) they don't like it, and therefore it cannot exist. That's some powerful denial. That kind of reminds me of a video I watched one time. It's called Baby X. I don't know if either of you have seen it. I have not, but it's something to look up. Yes. If you haven't seen it, I definitely encourage you to go watch it. It's about this child and their parents. This kid was born intersex and the parents raised it as if it was non-binary because I believe it had extra chromosomes for both genetic sides. I don't think it actually talked about genitals fully, but it might have had both sets. I can't fully remember. Well, we do have some society does have a little bit of a we tend to omit those details. Yeah, we do. And that's okay. But yeah. But anyway, so they 
raise this child throughout their entire life calling it X. They didn't want to give it an actual name because there was no gender that they wanted to assign to their child. The child only wore overalls or like any clothing that didn't assign to any gender in a normal world. And throughout their whole life, there were kids and teachers and bigoted people trying to figure out what their sex or gender was. And the entire time, nobody knew. I don't remember exactly how it ended, but I'm pretty sure it was a happy ending. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> they just live their entire life going by X, which I think is pretty cool. And definitely something to look up. If most people were born in that way, would there be deviance on the outside of the spectrum? We said, oh, I really just want to be a man. Oh, I want to be a woman. Let me be a woman today. I would guess that a certain percentage would want to be a binary option, even if the vast majority was fluid. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's edge cases in everything. Interesting. You know, for example, one of the things that we've gone through throughout history is the quote unquote standard that a human is. So if you go back to ancient Greece during the classical period, it was generally thought that every single person was naturally bisexual. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until much later that we got the, well, no, straight or heterosexual was the norm is the only normal acceptable thing. So we can shift as a society. So we theoretically could shift. That is a fascinating concept. So think about this for the moment. Let's just indulge this for a moment. Recognizing that we have come from a time where being bisexual was the norm. And there are many, many instances, even we would never approve it today, where it was the norm for teachers who were male, almost exclusively, to have a number of young apprentices. And one of the things that they were to teach these apprentices was the arts of sex. Yeah, It was one of the things that was taught. It was an educational topic for aristocrats, male children to learn this from their male teachers. Absolutely. The other big thing that I can think of is the Thebes Sacred Band, which was a military outfit that had older men and younger men. They get pair bonded so that they spend all of their time with each other, including having relations. Thebes beat Sparta who was the apex at the The time. The internationally renowned, most organized, most controlling government of all of the Greek city-states. And they beat them in battle. And Sparta never recovered from that. They were diminished for their whole existence beyond that. Which raises the very important piece of awareness here that rather than a natural order, because it's very easy to be born in this life at this time and think this is the way things are, this is the way things have always been and must be because there's some natural order to it, this is our perceived version of a natural order in which things are as binary as they are right now. Absolutely. Where it is not an inherent law of nature that we perceive it this way and that we react to it this way. And in fact, it is probably quite natural for people to be on a spectrum of bisexuality or intersexuality or masculine and feminineness. Not everybody is going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger or Marilyn Monroe. Absolutely. (laughs) And that is a fascinating thing just to recognize how not carved into stone this is. Oh, yeah. No, it is a very thin veneer that we've ascribed, especially in more modern times, especially in the United States and Europe, where you see these roles are defined so hard, whereas in other cultures, it's less so. 
And Bodil, you've given this a lot of thought as somebody who has identified as not one or the other for quite some time. Yeah. What are your observations in looking at this from the outside? Gosh, that's a tough question. I think (laughs) I'm still kind of processing all the information that you've shared. I just think that it'd be really interesting if all of us could just start accepting more of this kind of thinking that we shared together. I feel like around the world, it'd be way more accepting for people to understand all of this and understand that like you're literally like this. You can't really change it. So that way you can just kind of live and be happy. Yeah. You could just be you. You can exist. Exactly. Another interesting thing about all of this is we're talking just about identity here and what 100% of the people have in common that we've talked about on all levels of the spectrum, no matter how far to the edge or in the middle, is certain parts of life are about figuring out and self-discovery and self-identity. The next phase of life is about learning how to live with integrity with that in the world around you and then figuring out how it is you can maximize the most ultimate point of your life, how to be who it is you are. And everybody has to figure that out regardless of how they present, regardless of how much they feel like they are imposters or living the wrong life or living the right life. Everybody, no matter how masculine or feminine, struggles with exactly the same things everybody who's in the middle of the spectrum struggles with. We're actually not that different, it seems. Oh, no. When you imagine the other complexly is when you start to realize things like this, where other people have as rich an internal life as I do. (laughs) (laughs) I know it sounds silly, but not everybody has that moment of clarity or has that thought that like, oh, my brain knows that I have these thoughts and I experience these things in a deep way or whatever. And other people can do that too. I remember I went to high school and had to figure out what it was I wanted to wear and who my friends would be that understood me or didn't. And I was an outsider from them. But we had these other common interests and they were supportive. And I remember people trying to figure out who they were going to date. And 100% of the people I knew in high school didn't end up with the relationships they had in high school. 100% of them failed. And there's the odd outliers that they meet early and go on. But statistically, that is insignificant. All of the relationships fail. We all go through these periods of this is me. This isn't me. Wow, this is traumatic and horrible. And I'm embarrassed. And my shoes didn't match today. And I'm mortified for life. And well, your version involved a skirt and yours involved a shirt that was too masculine for your mom. I mean, this is we're all going through the same things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, here we are. So, okay. So I, I apologize for that derailment and going oh, that's completely okay. off topic. What else did you want to say about the more technical aspects of intersexuality? So one of the big things is that intersex folks tend to get lumped into the alphabet mafia, also known as the LGBTQIA plus group. And while they absolutely can identify also as any of the things that fall under that umbrella. If I had both sets of equipment, I can be both... Gay no matter what, and heterosexual no matter what. (laughs) So I can pick my own label, right? Absolutely. Cool. Okay, please go on. Between 8.5 and 20% of people who are intersex that have been polled do identify somewhere under the query label, but not all of them do. 
And it's important for us as a community to recognize that. We'll continue to fight for intersex rights along with every other right that we're all collectively fighting for. But it's important to recognize that they may not necessarily want the same things that our wider queer community wants. So it could be as simple as, I was born with a birth defect. I'd really rather put it behind me. Let's not talk about it. Absolutely. And then, you know, it can go the opposite where, you know, that I want this to be normalized and I want that to be okay. You know, we need to recognize and uplift some of our intersex voices because there are not that many of them. If you happen to be intersex and listening to this podcast, please reach out. We would absolutely love to interview you. We can interview you from your own home. We have the technology for that. This is a nearly post-COVID 21st century. We would love to have you on. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, that's really the big things. And I know, like, I'm not intersex, I don't think. Um, (laughs) I've never done a genetic screening, so I don't know. But I would love to get that perspective. So again, if someone is out there, please let us know. All right. Any other uh, follow-up thoughts? Well, yeah. So you brought up the point that not all intersex people want to be like affiliated with the alphabet mafia and i've never really thought about that before because i feel like we do accept all intersex in the alphabet mafia but like they just don't really identify as anything else besides they have different genes or different chromosomes than most people do so i thought it was really interesting that you brought up that point so that way other people who are intersex and don't want to talk about it can feel normalized at that point oh absolutely yeah it's what we're all about exactly every human is unique every human is important yeah i thought that was awesome all right well thank you both i really appreciate your time and education i hope this was useful thank you again for uh stopping by bodo Mm -hmm. this episode is brought to you by our patrons at patreon mark allen rose bodil these episodes would not be possible to create without the support of our generous patrons if you'd like to be a patron please follow the link in the description and sign up thank you